0: Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today, our show is Be Our Guest. Let's talk about spirituality, hypocrisy, and common sense. Yes, you are our guest. If you ever wanted to speak on the radio, here's your chance. This episode of Inside Out, we are launching Be Our Guest, a format where we introduce a topic and callers share their wisdom while taking the chance of having egg on their face. Does this sound like fun? For this episode, some of the topics will be spirituality, what it really is, hypocrisy, which we all have, and common sense, which most of us lack. About, and how all three are those connected. Call in and tell about yourself and your thoughts. Or just listen and let's all laugh and learn together. So, be our guest. Call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send us an email. and The address is beth at bethgreen.org. And now let's hear from your host, Beth Green, from The Inside Out.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Inside Out. Well, I'm never quite sure what I'm going to talk about when we start our show, but today I'm even more in the dark than ever. When I wrote up the show description with the title Spirituality, Hypocrisy, and Common Sense, I just loved the way it sounded, and I thought, what does that mean exactly? Uh, and I hoped that I would figure it out before today, but I haven't figured it out today. before today, <laughs> so we're going to figure this out together. Uh, but the first thing is I want to explain what Be Our Guest is, because people could be confused um what the idea of be our guest is this is your opportunity to be our guest instead of having some world famous best selling author coming on the show um, who would boost our ratings tremendously. We would like to invite you to be our guest to uh speak about the topic that i'm going to be introducing now. We're going to experiment with this and see how this works as a format. Uh, Bring in the topic uh, each time we do a BR Guest, and then you call in and um, I will interview you and maybe James will too. And, of course, you can't uh, take on the whole time because hopefully there will be more than one caller, but we'll try to give you as much time as we can. And if you're being rude or crude or hurtful or spiteful or hateful, We're going to hang up on you. But other than that, be our guest and try to stick to the topic. So before I talk a little bit about spirituality, hypocrisy, and common sense, as I will be the first guest in a sense, I just want to tell you that we've been getting some wonderful feedback on our last show, Ask Madame Azurka. I did ask people to let me know if they love the show and if I should uh, invite her to come back. So um, I've been forgetting to read good emails that come in on the show, and today I've got them sticking right in front of me so that I won't forget. So we have uh, one woman, Mary, from uh, Kansas City, and she said, Hi, Beth. Yes, I loved Madame Azorka and her earthy on-the-money answers. Thank you so much for channeling her. The next time she's on... Please ask her this question. But I'll tell you uh, her question when we have Madam Mazurka on. And then we also got a lovely email from Lynn. um, And she said, Madam Mazurka was so much fun and really practical. I loved the way she turned the questions back on the callers and was able to fully clarify the questions being asked. I laughed so hard at some of the things she said. Especially, you are so concerned about how you look. I worry about that too much myself. Love the show. Thank you. So, thank you so much, Lynn. Well, here's the news, the update then. Uh, The update is that we are going to have Madame Azurka back on in October, and maybe she'll come back monthly. She is going to be on October 29th in honor of Halloween. For those of you who have not listened to that show, you can go back and check in our archives, Ask Madame Tizurka, and see if you don't laugh your head off while you're getting enlightened. So, there you go. Um, I see we already have uh, a caller. However, I'm going to pontificate first. <laughs> on the subject of spirituality, hypocrisy, and common sense if I can think of something that I want to say. Well, the first thing I want to say is we're all hypocrites, I think, or almost all of us. Well, maybe you're not a hypocrite, but if you you want to know how I'm a hypocrite, I would say that I don't practice what I preach quite as much as I sound like I will. So, for example... I might teach compassion, and that's a very big part of the program that I'm teaching. Oh, okay, what is compassion? That means I am that. I see those qualities in myself. So rather than judge you, I acknowledge that that's also part of me, even when I have to confront you on some behavior. Well, do I always do that? Well, on the outside I do. I really try. But there are times when I'm just seething mad, and I just don't want to. I think you're bad. I think you're wrong. And I'm right. And that's just all there is to it. So (laughs) that is an example of hypocrisy around the topic of spirituality. Now, in terms of common sense, I guess I could say that if I had any common sense at all, I would realize that nobody is perfect. And neither am I. And therefore, there's no way on earth I am ever going to practice uh, being the I am that and recognizing my uh, unity with others as much as I think I should. And therefore, there's no common sense in beating myself up for being a human being. In fact, huh, being a human being is kind of tough. So anyway, there's an example. And I would, I would like to say one more thing about uh, spirituality. Because one of the questions that I asked was, you know, what is it? And I think spirituality is really about a sense of connection to life, to everything, to everybody. (coughs) Excuse me for coughing. I have a little allergies today. So um, I think that's the purpose of spirituality. But I think many of us use spirituality for hypocritical reasons, like to make ourselves look holier than thou, or to, oh, I can see the connection between spirituality, hypocrisy, and common sense. Okay, if I want to use spirituality to make me look better than other people, that is hypocrisy right there, right off the bat, because I'm not using my spirituality to connect to life, to you. I'm using it to make myself better. I've given over my spirituality to my ego. And how does that connect to common sense? Well, that may mean that I'm sometimes not going to be completely honest about what I think and feel, even honest with myself, because I might be trying to puff myself up. So there is one example of the connection between spirituality, hypocrisy, and common sense. So please do call in and be our guest. And our first guest is Irene from Bonzel, California. Hello. Hello, Irene. Hi. Well, I've had lots of
2: spirituality and lots of hypocrisy and very little common sense.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. You sound like a great guest. Yes, I thought that
2: uh, it would be great to be interviewed so I can see even more deeply
1: how this has affected me. Um, Do you
2: want me to begin or do you want to
1: ask? Well, I do because, see, just because you're being interviewed doesn't mean that this is a therapy session, right? So right. this, this means that I'm interviewing you, and I want you to share with us what your thoughts are, what your experiences are, rather than me going in there and sort of trying to f- ferret them out.
2: Right. Okay. So, uh, I was struck when you said spirituality is your connection to life, to everything and everybody, because I think my uh, belief about spirituality was that it was the connection to God. Mm. And it was a, a mystical connection to God and that uh, everybody and everything and life itself um,
1: were interruptions.
2: All oh, were I like love that. that.
1: I love that, Irene. You're doing great. And, uh, and so
2: to, I have a kind of methodical mind, so I wanted to... Understand what the rules were. You know, how do I do this? How do I increase my relationship with God? So I became a nun, and and oh. there were kind of two things. So go ahead.
1: Okay. You Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. I have a question for you already, which is, and why did you do that? Why did you think that spirituality was about your relationship with God, or why do you think you thought that?
2: Well, that's a very good question. I I was raised in a Catholic family, and we went to mass, and um, I loved the ritual. I loved the the quiet in church. I felt a connection to God, and I felt it in the ritual you know, which was in Latin and was with candles and an altar. Um, I loved it so much that I, w- I would go again and again and again. Uh, and and I think that... So I, I think that was the belief. You know, That was where the belief came, was my experience of God. You know, I was told that this is where God was, and I had that sense of God there. So I had it from both sides, I believe.
1: Well, okay, let me follow up on that because I think that's a very interesting point that you're making. So what's coming to me about that is that in your family and the religion that you were brought up in, at least the version that you were brought up in, a God didn't have anything to do with life. God was actually separate from life uh, even though God was theoretically the creator of life and in all life, God was separate from it somehow in some ro- dark room somewhere with a candle where you have this personal mm-hmm. uh, conversation. And mm-hmm. there is no God in the rest of the world because if, if you had seen God as being in everything, then it wouldn't have been kind of like a tunnel between you and God, which was separate from life. Right. Which is, right. r- really uh, makes no sense, does it? So there we have <laughs> an example of a spiritual belief system that really doesn't have anything to do with common sense because if we actually believe that God is in everything, then we've got to take that in in a very real way. But carry on, Irene.
2: Um, there was something that you said that, that triggered something. Oh, well, the other thing about God was not only could you have this experience of God, and that was being close to God, but you could also lose God. And you mm. could lose God by not behaving correctly. Right. And so there were lots of rules.
3: So right. So you, you had
2: two things. That this was the prize, and then this was the work you had to do to get the prize. But the prize was always... Not related to exactly what you said, even though the, there was the belief that God was everything. It, it operationally it isn't what the teaching was, and mm-hmm. and what I believe. So needing to be good was also part of having this experience of God. And you're right that that it didn't lead you to experiencing yourself or others or reality. Mm -hmm. You know, what was happening? Where was the pain in the world? All of
1: those things were just um, not as real. Well, doesn't that uh, kind of force you into hypocrisy of having to look good for God? Absolutely. So that, you know, here we are struggling to uh, be spiritual. And I've, I've been the same way. You know, just, just because you're Catholic doesn't mean that you've cornered the market on this craziness, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And that we have to look good for God, which doesn't have anything to do with who we actually are. So it's almost like we're being forced into being hypocrites with ourselves. And, you know, this is kind of sad because a lot of spiritual and religious people, you know, they're good people. They're really trying to do something right and good, but they're so oppressed by their own ideology, or I should say Mm -hmm. we are, because I'm the same way, of the Mm -hmm. beliefs about how I should be and what God is expecting from me and all of that, that I, I end up not only lying to others, but lying to myself. And then we have people, and it's kind of sad, who are spiritual teachers or ministers or rabbis or whatever who are molesting children or being abusers. And they have to hide that from themselves and from everybody because they're not being good for God. And, of course, that makes them bad spiritually. And they can't just be honest and say, Oh, my God, I'm so messed up. I need help. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, you know, so, Irene, um, I'd like you to think about... um, and we may be able to come back to you after our commercial break. But I'd like to th- you to think about um, the question. Because you became a nun. I think you, yeah. uh, you said, okay, what was the most hypocritical thing that you did when yeah. you were a nun? And what did you uh, espouse or teach that had the least sense to it? So (laughs) I'm going to give you a few minutes to chew that because we don't have any other callers at the moment and you are being absolutely a great guest. So uh, is there anything else that you would like to add to this, James, before we go to break?
0: Uh, Just that uh, I related everything that both of you have been sharing and that uh, part of it too is pretending to be more than we are, pretending Mm -hmm. to know more than we are, than we know, because of the need to look spiritual, the need to be seen positively in the eyes of others and God.
1: Oh, so that's great. So not only do we have to be good, we also have to be in the know. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay, so Irene, if you hang in with us, we are now going to break. And you guys listening, don't go away. (music) Voice America 7th Wave
3: Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living With Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life.
1: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
3: You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out.
1: Hi there. Welcome back. We have Irene on the line. and She is being our guest right now, and she's doing a great job. So I asked her... Uh, a question, and the question was, if I remember what I asked, was um, if she was a nun, and uh, the question was what was the most hypocritical thing you ever did as a nun, and what was the thing that you taught that was the least uh, commonsensical? But before we go on to that, uh, I'd like Irene just to give our, us a short bio on you. And by the way, after you answer these questions, Irene, we do have another be our guest guest coming up. But two, please answer our question. So first, a very quick bio on you, Irene.
2: Uh, Well, I'm um, 76 years old. I uh, was a nun. I was raised in Catholic schools. I was a nun uh, from the age of 18 uh, and taught until I was 31. I then married and had two children. And... uh, became a psychologist, divorced. My husband became a single parent and then uh, married again towards the end when my children were almost grown. Um, I met Beth as as a psychologist and was part of a group that she was part of, was leading, and then became involved with uh, this dream, her spiritual community, and have been ever since.
1: Okay, thanks, Irene, for that bio. So now everybody knows uh, something about you. And so what is the most hypocritical thing you ever did, and what was the thing you taught that made the least sense?
2: The most hypocritical thing I can think of. I'll probably <laughs> think of five more when this is over. <laughs> but at one point, I was, in the training of the young nuns, I was like the senior Of the, uh, I was a step ahead of the younger nuns. And so I was like an assistant to the head nun. And, um, I just remember being really mean. I remember, Hmm. um, being angry and critical and demeaning and demanding and, uh, just a real mean person, and as I look back on that, I'm I'm not just astounded by my own meanness, uh, you know, uh, but uh, that nobody picked up on it, and nobody, you know, it, it was it was accepted the way I was behaving.
1: <laughs> that is amazing. This is in a. Uh, a spiritual community that's supposed to be based on love. And what was the thing that you taught that made the least sense, in the common sense meaning of the word?
2: Um, You know, that was harder for me to figure out. Uh, The only thing I can remember is there's this complex, uh, theologically technical understanding of how uh, the, at the Mass we have the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ called transubstantiation, and it never made any sense to me.
4: Okay, but that's I a great example. Religion,
2: so I would explain this complex thing, but, um, uh, you know, I just remember that one of the things that common sense didn't apply to very much at all was religion and spirituality in my head. It applied to chemistry, and I could argue about, you know, world politics and things like that, but when it came to religion, it was like, well, you don't apply common sense to that.
1: Okay, now that doesn't make sense. That is the perfect example of not having common sense, is to think that it's okay to eliminate your common sense. Thank you so much, Irene, for calling. I really appreciate it. You were a great guest. Thank you. Uh, Before we go on to our next guest, um, I'd like to say something about that, what Irene was just talking about, about the common sense that has to do with ritual. So I grew up in a traditional Jewish family, and one of the things that we did was there were a lot of rules around the Sabbath, which started on Friday night and went on to Saturday night, and you weren't supposed to work. So that meant you couldn't turn on the light. Uh, this is in the conservative uh, tradition. You couldn't turn on a light because at some point, I'm sure, at, in the history of humanity, uh, It took work to turn the light on. But it doesn't take work to turn on the light switch. It takes work to live without the light. (laughs) And it was the same thing about the food. You know, you couldn't turn on the flame under the food. So it made absolutely no... Or you could not drive a car and said you were supposed to walk. Now, all of these rules, I mean, these are very, very, very few and small, minor ones of all the legions of rules that uh, we were taught, and that was part of our religious identity. And, you know, when you looked at them on the surface, they made no sense. Now, there were people who believed that that was an important part of what keeps people together is tradition. But, you know, some of these rules were absolutely damaging, but nobody was supposed to question them. Now, of course, a lot of people have done that since then. So now we have Helen from California on the phone. Welcome to Inside Out, and please be our guest. Hello. Hello.
5: Um, Well, I could relate to Irene in that I have considered myself to be spiritual and have a lot of common sense but the more spiritual I become, the more I realize I have very little common sense <laughs> but a lot of hypocrisy.
1: Oh god, I love that.
5: So, uh I don't know what more to say about that other than that emphasizing that aspect that the more spiritual I become, the more I realize what a hypocrite I am that I can be you know, I'm a counselor by trade and I can be very spiritual and evolved with and you know and uh, neutral and help people see how reactive they are. And then my husband says something to me and I just bite his head off. Yes,
1: yes, that's important. We spiritual women need to do that in order to keep these men from the in line.
0: <laughs> that keep doesn't them... sound very spiritual to this man.
5: <laughs> keep no, them, it's keep not.
0: them
1: satisfying our needs. Isn't that what they're for?
0: Yeah. Do you have any, I beg your pardon. <laughs> do,
1: do, do you have any more specifics that you would like to share with us, Holland? I know there's people out there who uh, identify with what you're saying in a general sense, although they may not admit it. They may even be hanging up on us right now. But <laughs> what have you got?
5: Well, I don't know about specifics. I... I <laughs> I'll give you an example of something that happened just today. Great. Um, I was offering to help my husband do a project that's been very frustrating for him. And even though I'm very busy, you know, I wanted to be a good spiritual person and a loving wife. Mm -hmm. And so I was taking time out of my schedule to help him with this project, help him do an aspect of it. And I I didn't ask him we didn't really sit down and talk about how he felt about my helping him with his project. But when we sat down, the first thing he said was, don't you ever clean your computer screen? <laughs> and instead of my saying, honey, I wonder how you're feeling right now. Yeah. You know, I made a snide, sarcastic remark instead. Right. And, you know, then afterwards I think, what an idiot I am, you know. He probably had some feeling of shame or, you know, being less than or something. I don't know what he was feeling, but it certainly, you know, and then we just, you know, had a big fight, and he was completely denying that saying, don't you ever clean your computer screen, was critical. That Mm -hmm. was not a critical statement. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) But, you know, regardless of whether it was a critical statement or not, I was reactive and I was being a hypocrite.
1: Well, yeah, probably uh, part of it was that you really didn't want to do it uh, because you were already busy and you did have a judgment about him. You know, thou thou shalt not judge, isn't that one of those thou shalt not. I mean, it's not in the Ten Commandments, but it's judge judge not not lest ye be judged. Exactly. So I really make an effort to judge not lest I be judged. But how successful am I in that? How many judgments do I have to suppress and squelch in my head on a moment-by-moment basis? I have to remind myself at times that the people that I'm judging are often the people who are helping me the most.
5: Helping you because they're pointing that out to you?
1: No, no, they're helping me in the sense that, for instance, let's say uh, I would never do this, of course. But supposing it occurred that uh, I was you know, with uh, James and he was trying to help me to do something and I didn't like the way he was helping me or I thought he was doing it wrong, Um, how do I suppress my thought that, oh, my God, this is so stupid. How wrong can he be? I know that I'm right, or blah, 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 blah. All of those thoughts are coming to me. I'm trying not to have them because it's not spiritual to have those kinds of thoughts. I certainly don't want to express them because I'm going to make him feel terrible, but this is the guy who's helping me. Now, here I am not judging all those other people who aren't helping me, I'm judging the one who is. So it's really, really difficult when you're you know, in a collective, a community, uh, a relationship, a unit where you're actually working together to remind yourself that you need these people and uh, that you also make mistakes because... It's, it's annoying the way they're doing it. Or they're interrupting some flow that you have or they're not doing it the right way. That's what I mean. I am that. <laughs> and now how are we going to stick the common sense? Well, it's kind of, in a way, we're lacking common sense when we, A, expect ourselves not to be judgmental, Or B, get judgmental and snotty towards the people we need the most. I mean, either way is not very commonsensical, is it?
5: No, it's not commonsensical (laughs) whatsoever.
1: (laughs) And so let's take a quick look at the first piece, which is, is it really common sense to think that we humans are going to be any different? No. No. <laughs> and is it common sense to think that continuing the way we've been doing things is really going to make the world a better place?
5: No. <laughs> I love that saying doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result is the is the definition of insanity. Yeah. And of course, you know, insanity is the antithesis of common sense. It it really is. But it's human nature.
1: So now, Helen, uh, tell me, of the spiritual things that you believe or have taught in your life, in retrospect, which of them do you think now made the least sense to you as you're thinking now? Of course, two days from now, you might turn around and say, Oh, my God, I made no sense two days ago. But what about now, looking back?
5: the spiritual belief that made the least sense? Yes. Well, I mean, if we can just apply it to my life right now, just that exact example is that I have had a spiritual belief that if I were more spiritual, I wouldn't be, I would never be mean. I would never be Mm -hmm. reactive. Mm
4: -hmm.
5: I I would never be critical or judgmental.
1: You know, that reminds me of uh, the whole approach that says, you know, we should keep connecting to higher consciousness and be spiritual, 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 and then we can transcend the human condition.
5: Yes. Isn't that really what you're saying? That's pretty much exactly what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) And, you know, we could take a look at that and say, gee... I wonder if that's really a good idea. Anyway, uh, you know, why, why do I have to be, not be human? Uh, and then we look at how humans behave, and we say, "Oh my God! Of course, we don't want to be human. Look how mean, selfish, vengeful, self-centered, and uh, corrupt humans are." So it's very understandable, on the one hand, that we would want to be and weak. Oh my God, we're so weak as humans. Yeah, walk out the door. Get hit by a shopping cart and uh, you're broken. Who wants to be vulnerable? So I think that, uh, you know, I I totally understand and have complete compassion for all of us who want to transcend the spiritual, uh, the uh, human condition. But does it make any common sense that we ever can? It seems to me that so many of us who have devoted our lives to becoming more and more and more and more and more enlightened and high are... In, have uh, really, in many many ways, just become so disconnected from our bodies and from ourselves that we just become more and more hypocrites, more and more isolated, and less and less in the world or of the world. And that has—that's not common sense. So, you know, it's when you look at the face of somebody who looks like they're high on drugs and they're in this constant state of. You know, high spirituality, but there's nobody home and, uh, they don't know what they're doing. And, uh, and they're actually doing a lot of things that are harmful to themselves and other, but are in denial because they don't want to see it. Because after all, they're busy transcending, ascending, and doing all of that stuff. <laughs> well, Helen, uh, as always, it is such a pleasure when you call in. I am so glad that you are, uh, calling. Inside Out, and you've become a member of our community. Bless you, and thank you so much for your call. Well, thank
5: you. I love your show.
1: Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. So, um, James? Yes? Uh, we don't have another caller at the moment. and
0: I have some thoughts I'd like to share. I
1: wish you would, but let me tell you, we've got about... Um, two minutes to go before we go to our commercial break. So you can start out, but uh, we're going to be continuing when we come back. Sure. Okay, would you like to? Oh, and we do have a caller. We have another
0: caller. Uh, yes. yes,
1: we do. So um, I'll just James, share
0: very very quickly uh, yes. one of the thoughts that came to mind is that phrase from the Bible, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Yes. And I, that makes no sense. I mean, look at all the human beings on the planet, and nobody's perfect, and nobody's even remotely close to being perfect. So isn't that nonsensical? And uh, who says that there's a father in heaven that's perfect? Uh, uh, yes, there's some so something higher than us, but um, is there a personal God that we have a personal channel to, a pipeline to? It's, uh, to me, it's a little bit like uh, a belief in Santa Claus. That we have this personal relationship with this figure that's going to grant our wishes and, and grant our prayers. And maybe that lacks common sense as well. Because when you look yeah. at our lives, yeah, uh, that doesn't square with what goes on in our lives.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. It it really isn't common sense to think that we have a perfect father and and, and that we're so imperfect ourselves. You know, when you read one of those tell-all books where somebody writes about how their father, who was a great psychiatrist or a great whatever it is, how their father really uh, was a, a bastard. Okay, and then you say... And this guy is a drug addict and all of that. You know, you look at those stories and you look at the kid and you look at the father and you say, well, you're a psychiatrist and or you're a specialist in childhood education. You didn't know how to raise a child either. Wouldn't it be better just to admit that none of us really knows what we're doing and that we're just doing our best? So thank you for sharing that, uh, yeah. James. And uh, we are now going to be going into our commercial break. And when we come back, we have Christine from San Diego. So don't go away. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
3: Bring Beth into your world in person or via the internet. Learn how by visiting her website bethgreen.org at the website sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities blogs videos and more just for signing up you'll receive a free pdf copy of living with reality her 688 page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world but there's more learn about beth's four other books both fiction and non-fiction check out her gorgeous music which is heartfelt and mystical Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The
1: 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
3: tuned in to inside out with beth green and co-host james maynard to reach us on the show please call 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 if you'd rather send us an email the address is beth at bethgreen.org now back to inside out
1: Thank you so much. Uh, Welcome back to Inside Out. And today's show is Be Our Guest. We're talking about spirituality, hypocrisy, and common sense. And I just want to make one brief clarifying uh, note about uh, James sharing and about the perfect uh, God and that we have to be perfect too, is that, you know, it it does seem odd to me that if we have a perfect creator that we're so messed up. So it seems like some somehow or other uh, something got messed up along the way. So uh, either that means we've got to be perfect to prove that God is perfect, or we can accept that we're not perfect and we can let God off the hook too and maybe completely shift our thoughts about God. And right now we are going to bring on our next guest. Who is Christine from San Diego? Welcome, Christine, to Inside Out.
4: Hello, can you hear me okay? We hear you great. Great. Okay, well, I, I wasn't able to listen to the whole show. I just uh, came on at the end, I think, of um, your last guest, mm-hmm. the last few minutes of that. But I definitely had a response to the question that you were asking her. Um, and. Um, I mean, there were a couple things that that you had talked about that I really related to. One of the things that you were talking about was about, um, you know, if we can become spiritual enough, then we can transcend the human condition. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely that person (laughs) that has had a lifelong quest to transcend the human condition by being spiritual. And what struck me is that, um, you know, I think that's been my go-to practice for my well-being, it's much easier for me to read a spiritual book than to, um, like, exercise or eat right. Mm. Um, So in terms of taking on, you know, my whole well-being, I think I've always hoped that if I could just do spirituality, um, then that would would just kind of set me apart. Oh, I love that point. I love that point. I am that. Yeah, right? F- it's much easier than or to talk to someone about spiritual principles than to like get up and, you know, go for a walk or something.
1: Or or balance the checkbook or work on the taxes. Exactly. I mean, this <laughs> let's face it, this is spiritual things are so much more important why should we even have to bother feeding our children? Exactly. I mean, what a pain in the neck! It is. But what I can an interwoven principle. Exactly. That. Very, very, very true. A
4: spiritual, you know, methodology that 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 um, suggests that they should do more work. <laughs> oh, I agree with that. I totally agree with that.
1: Well, I love that, Christine. Do you have any more to share about lack of common sense or hypocrisy?
4: Um, the other thing was you asked, um, what is the, the thing that, you know, the spiritual principle that you've espoused or tried to follow that seems most ridiculous now? Yes. (laughs) And for me, that's definitely, um, I was in a, a, a spiritual discipline that, um, kind of intention and attraction and manifestation Mm -hmm. were, um, talked about Mm -hmm. and primary practice and, uh, You know, um, again, I think if I had it my way, I think my intention at the time is that my husband would make a lot of money. (laughs) Yes.
1: That sounds like a very spiritual intention. (laughs) Right?
4: (laughs) But I would just do it in a spiritual way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that I could pray for and intend and and Mm quote-unquote manifest, but it didn't Mm -hmm. happen mm Instead, I had to go to work. Oh, my God. I know, right? How could this happen? So what good is spirituality? I don't know. I, I have, have no to work idea. hard. It's just like you said. I have to, like, <laughs> do taxes and, you know, do the dishes, and that's, that's kind of life. So, um, But I joke about it because, um, I don't know, I'm, I am more happy, I think, having um, come through that time. Otherwise, you're just always intending and feeling like a very bad intender and bad manifester.
1: Um, (laughs) Do you know, do you remember this song? Well, this is probably from before your time. But there's, oh, yes, I'm the great pretender. Whoa. Anyway, you know that song? No. Mm -mm. Oh, my God. Well, then, if you don't know it, probably the rest of our listeners won't. And the way I sang it, you'll never recognize uh,
0: it. it just, I do you, not. Know
1: you do. So I just said, yeah. oh, y- yes, I'm a bad
4: intender. <laughs> do, do, intending. Do, do. Anyway, I love that. Christina. And my intentions always had to do with improving my status,
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> and,
4: and making life easier. And making life easier for
0: me.
1: Uh, I agree with that. That is another... So
0: spiritual, so spiritual.
1: uh, Another amazingly hypocritical uh, spiritual belief that we have is that what we want is what should be. Yes. And we can intend it and make it so regardless. In fact, here's here's one of those examples of uh, how our spirituality can get in the way of our common sense. Now, I hope we haven't lost... All of our listeners by this time, but if if we have, we still have each other on be our guest today. But uh, here we've got, you know, th- five people sitting uh, in an uh, in a room. They're all applying for the t- same job, and they've all read the secret. Mm. And so, what do you do if mm-hmm. they're all practicing uh, the you know manifestation consciousness and they're uh, they're all, you know, clear and they're all clear in their intention and they've all done whatever it is that they have to do. Mm-hmm. What happens? See, there's, to me, there's no common sense in that. Yeah. Because somebody is going to get the job or somebody isn't going to get the job. And, of course, I don't mean to suggest that, your intention isn't important mm-hmm. because if you don't intend to get the job, you probably won't even get to the interview, mm-hmm. or you'll go in with a surly attitude and you'll pretend to yourself that you really want that job. So I'm not trying to diss that and say no, there is no value to it, but to just to put it out of you know uh, to make anything so primary and not look at all the variables and everything else that's going on, it never did make sense to me. James, do you have anything to share about that?
0: Yeah, I think uh, one has to be allowing of the universe uh, having its way with us. Um, <laughs> because obviously, very sexy. Because we, <laughs> <laughs> cause we can't be the ruler of the world. Uh, that is with God as junior partner uh, to our egos. <laughs> uh, and so we have to have give and take. And so how can we possibly be the absolute manifester of the law of attraction, uh, but rather uh, why don't we just open up to co-creating in a dance with uh, all of the forces of the universe and other people uh, and uh, just allow that which is for the highest good of all to emerge rather than trying to dictate it.
1: And why do you think that people, I are, are guests, Christine, mm-hmm. why do you think that people become so attached to beliefs that they don't even notice when they aren't working and that they don't question them. I have seen people who have tried everything to become rich, to become, quote, successful, to become healthy, and using every trick in the book, every law of the universe, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work for them. Now, I mean, sometimes it does, of course, but then you even if you do nothing something you know we can have cancer and it will have a spontaneous remission so i'm not again i'm not saying that this has no validity but why do we say stay so attached do you think to these beliefs even when they make no sense
4: well i can't speak for everybody um but for myself i think it's you know not wanting to face the alternative mm.
1: I like that. I like that. There's something so frightening about reality that Mm -hmm. we'd rather stay in our heads. Well, Christine, you have been a fabulous guest. I hope that you call in again when we do another Be Our Guest because we I've really, really enjoyed uh, hearing from you. And now we are going on to Erica from San Diego. Welcome to be our guest on Inside Out. Well, thank you, Beth.
6: I wanted to share how, um, how much hypocrisy I find, even in myself, when it comes to being a person who, who loves the study of spirituality, wants to practice it on and on, but then it comes to my daily life and put me behind the wheel of my car <laughs> and get me on the freeway at rush hour. And, boy, you know, so much for oneness. So much for supporting other people to get where they need to go. You know, it's all about me. Yes! (laughs) And I don't care, you know, if it's religion or religious people or spiritual people. I think we're all the same out there. And we lose ourselves completely. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, I could not agree with you more. There have been times... I don't drive very much, but there have been times when uh, there is an elderly person in front of me on the road. Now, I'm a fairly elderly person, too, and I don't always drive very well. But here's this other elderly person on the road who, at this moment, is slowing me down. Because let's say there's a guy behind me who wants to drive faster than me, or a woman in front of me who wants to drive slower than me in either case they are wrong <laughs> <laughs> my pace is the right pace for everybody on the road
2: that's right my and speed is the right speed
1: my yeah exactly so i am so with you and i, I sometimes i've tried to make it an exercise a spiritual exercise to say okay I'm going to get there when I'm meant to. I'm going to get there when I'm meant to. This or I'll say to myself, this is an exercise in the spiritual mastery, self-mastery. If I can breathe 25 times and not get angry at the woman driving in front of me, I, I will be ready to ascend, James. I'll be ready for that next level. Of spirituality, where I have transcended the human condition, so I try to make it into something. But this is, these are the lengths that I have to go to <laughs> in order to not just sit there and burn up because somebody is in the way of my agenda. That's right.
0: I'm right. If you here. transcend that, if you transcend that, you're ready for mastership. <laughs> That's
1: it, and that <laughs> that would be enough of an incentive, which is hypocritical in and of itself. Well, Erica, we are actually coming to the end of our time on Inside Out. Is there anything that you'd like to quickly add before we go to our close?
6: Um, I'd love to hear you put all three concepts together again the hypocrisy, the common sense, and the spirituality.
1: Okay. Oh, darn. All right. Well, thank you. (laughs) Uh, I did say in the beginning that I really wasn't sure, but uh, here's what it is, I think. Um, You know, spirituality is supposed to connect us to life and to reality in a deep way, but we we use our beliefs in order to uh, avoid reality and to escape reality, and in order to do that, we have to let go of common sense because we're not dealing with reality and we need to be hypocritical because we're pretending to be something that we are not so I bet you that I have like 10 other things that I could say about that connection right now but uh, this will do for now I have enjoyed this show and at this moment I'd like to ask James to tell us about what is coming up on next week's program and then I'll come back and wrap
4: it up
0: Okay, Beth, I'd be happy to. Our next edition of Inside Out is going to be Fires, Floods, Tornadoes, Drought. Let's ask a real climate scientist about climate change and what we can do about it. Ignorance is not bliss when our world is being turned upside down by climate change, and we're all hearing about this in the news. So what's our response? Are we living in panic, lost in denial, or feeling too overwhelmed to think about it? Climate change is not going away. We can't be like the ostrich and just assume the problems go away if we stick our head in the hole. So let's get educated and face it together. Our guest, Dr. Grant Dean, is the director of Hydraulics Lab at UCSD, and he travels the world researching and sharing information with other climate scientists. So this guy is an expert. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity to learn from a climate scientist about a topic that is changing our world and altering the future.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you how I feel about that topic. I don't want to know. So I don't even want to tune in to Inside Out myself. So I dare you out there, I dare you to tune in and listen to us talk about climate change. And it is so darn confusing. I mean, I read one thing, I read another thing. But it would be great to talk to Grant Dean and get a little bit more information than what we have In our heads. And so please call. Please email us your questions. This may be your only opportunity to ask a real climate scientist, uh, you know, real questions about the climate. And uh, as always, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us on Inside Out. Lots of love to you.
3: Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network.